This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Fratelloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Stores, where they have a lot of pumpkins. <laughs> Brings you Garage Logic Podcast number 719, right. <laughs> although that's not where I got my pumpkin, and I will explain that. Thanks, Mike. I will explain that. <laughs> I, I can explain, and I think Mike would approve. Okay. Uh, Brings you Garage Logic Podcast number 719. Uh, October 25, 2021, 82 degrees on this day in 1989. We had a nice little hot streak going back on these days in 1989. And 12 degrees was the low in 1887. And now, from the mayor's office, above the boathouse, on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Rookie on Production. Chris Reavers, Director of Social Media, John Hyde in the Newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop. Here is your Flashlight King, Fireworks Commissioner, and Keeper of Common Sense, your Mayor, Joe Souchere. I, uh, I get my pumpkin every year. From Dave Downing. Oh, that's right. Uh, frequent contributor, GLer right. Dave Downing and his wife, they haul a hay wagon down here from Bram, Minnesota, mm-hmm. with pumpkins, and they set up every year under the Highland Water Tower. Uh, they can't this year because of construction, so they're on the corner of uh, Highland Parkway and Snelling. Oh, sure. It's so, very close by. Right, yeah. They're, they're, just, yeah. they're just not One in the block, parking right? lot by the ice arena where they usually are. They're just out on the street. You can find them easily. Not to be tedious, but something you said struck me. They 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 don't tow a hay rack down, right? Yeah, it's a big thing that gets towed. It's a big wagon full of pumpkins, and then they lay them out on the grass by price and size. Because you can't go over like twenty miles an hour with a hay. Well, rack. I'm I'm being I'm pretending that I'm rural. I don't know what the hell the thing <laughs> it's is. It's probably like a horse trailer. I don't Kenny. know what it is. No idea what it is. <laughs> just call it a trailer. <laughs> yeah, they bring down a trailer from Graham. Jeez, oh, show's three minutes old. I'm already being a pain in the ass. <laughs> right, right. I'll, I'll back away from the mic. I, I'm sorry, Joe. You yeah, like he, a nice pumpkin, Joe? Well, he uh, said to me, he said, "You're a man who knows his pumpkins." <laughs> and as uh, I walked right to the one I want, and he said. That's a good one. You're a man who knows his pumpkins. So speaking of that, uh, last Thursday when I was assembling the the best of in our absence, I have a note on that. By I had the way. completely forgotten about the you giving the Christmas tree spiel. Oh, you know how to how to really work the system. You got it. Oh yeah, I was working the shop. Oh my god, you are so full of crap. Right. Well, I ran a shift at the Nativity Lot. Right. And uh, yeah, I prepared. I, oh, I, yeah. You I, had all the lines down. Did my homework. <laughs> now, those ones really hold their needles. They hold their needles, yeah. he says. <laughs> well, speaking of that, uh, Bob uh, Getters writes, Joel, please thank whomever put the best of GL for the podcast together on 1021. Was that Thursday? Yes. I was almost ready to stop listening to the current podcast because they are so depressing. <laughs> I know that current events are being covered, but age 78, I needed something to perk me up and remind me that there were great times in my past listening to GL. Good luck. 
Bob Getters in Fort Myers, Florida. Well, I listened to it, too, and I was in tears. Yeah, well, and Bob, thank you for saying that. That's exactly why I wanted something lighthearted, because we had been pretty heavy for a while. Well, what, well, what was it about? I missed it. It basically, what, Kenny, was the... Um, Did you do a best of CD? It was, it was parts of, yeah, one of the best of CDs that we had not used in quite some time. And it was uh, much of it featured me uh, being uh, amazed at how funny... Hollywood Squares was, having never yeah. really watched it. <laughs> yes. Oh, and, great show. And we went through a period on GL where I was so enamored with the responses that those people would make to questions. Right. Uh, and so somehow we got a hold of a script or something. Yes. So I would say, Peter Marshall, uh, Jackie Gleason says he believes in them. He's seen them twice. And he has no doubts. And then somebody would say, what did he see? You know, George Goebel, his feet. Yeah. <laughs> see, I was cracking up at this stuff. I had no idea. Yeah. That had to all be pre-written. Probably. Right. Yeah. yeah. Probably. They and, were given hints is yeah. the way I've always understood it, yeah. what the questions might be. And then okay. they had to come up with their own punchlines. You know, what was granddad doing when he rubbed, what was granddad trying to do when he rubbed horseradish on his head? George Goebel. Get it in his mouth, yeah. you know. Ba-dum-ba-dum. And I think, boom, bing, bing, bing. Boy, you guys didn't think that was funny, did you? No, I, I did. But I, my favorite part of Thursday's episode was you were really deep into some really hard-hitting topic. And then Rookie says, turn on Channel 5, yeah. in which you he, saw the giant babies. The giant babies on Maury. On Maury Povich yeah. wearing <laughs> diapers. Yeah. And you, and you I lost it. it. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't hear that. Was that a part of the Thursday that was, show? That was part I, of the Thursday show. I, I, it was one, one of those things where he talk, it was in the talk back, right? Yes, yes, exactly. Yeah, so the listeners couldn't hear it. Right. And then he right, just, so all of a sudden it was Joe just, just losing it. Dead stop, and then the 20 honks right in a row. Well, which also proved it. Oh, rookie. was that the count the honks? Yeah, I think so. But I might have had a number, a record number of honks during the uh, Hollywood Squares segment, too, a guy said. But that proves to you a couple of things. One, Rookie was paying absolutely no attention to what I was saying. Right. And two, he was obviously watching TV. Well, that's... Yeah. That's... <laughs> Just the fat babies. Yep. Yeah. 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 See, I, I think that's How come why we're not we on need... TV today. Oh, I haven't put the screen up yet. Sorry. We need Rookie back, and we should put you in a separate studio and recreate what we used to have, <laughs> so we could do our off-air show while you're, you know, bitching about your taxes going yeah. up. Well, he's on his way in, at, with his new segment, uh, as Patrick Royce would tell a joke. Yep. I reminded him to certainly bring in a joke. Oh, I got another thing. Kelsey notes that the blue paint joke is no longer funny. Why? Well, no, no of course it's, it was never. It was never it funny. Was, yeah. well, it was never funny. But no. no, Kelsey notes that supply chain problems oh, uh, have go. hit the color blue, uh, <laughs> blue paint because they can't get the uh, additives needed to make blue paint. Huh? That's how bad the supply chain problem how is. How bad is it? Well, it's so bad. <laughs> That you can't get blue paint, no which kidding. smells like red paint. That's right. Yeah. Well, uh, Reavers, you went to see the Stones last night. I did. Uh, a last-minute decision. I was not planning on seeing them, but I get this alert on my phone from StubHub saying, hey, if you, if you looked up something. And I had seen all their appearances in the Twin Cities 
prior to last night. All of their appearances, uh, with the exception of 1964 at, out in Excelsior. Okay. I did not see that. So, Explain how this StubHub thing works so, last minute, Chris, it, because I did this for the Indianapolis 500, but it was two weeks ahead of time, yeah. and my ticket was mailed to me. How does it work? So at, most of it is of? digital now. Uh, with a lot of uh, events or games in particular. So I have a StubHub account where I buy a lot of things off the secondary and sell off the secondary market. So I texted my man Height to see if I didn't know if they had an opener because they had listed it at 7.30. Well, in any event, so I get a, a notice, hey, there's still tickets available. And I looked and I could not believe how cheap it was to get into the show last night. If you wanted to go, you could have got in for 50 bucks to the show last night. Hmm. And so I got a great seat. I think I spent 70 to sit in the club level. Some people paid 7500 bucks. So that brings me to the gentleman wow. sitting to my left because mm-hmm. I went by myself. I didn't I didn't go with anybody. That way I can get in and get out whenever I want. He's like, "Oh, I said, so did you did you order ahead of time?" He's like, "Yeah, right away when they went on sale." He spent about $200 more for than the I same did seat? for the exact same seat. <laughs> wow. He was not happy. Um, my my brother Paul and his family went and he texted me many great videos, but he also noted that uh there were a lot of canes and people limping. The crowd was very old. Very old, yeah. yeah. Very old rock and roll But there crowd. were yeah. a lot of people that, that were there with their kid that I thought was pretty cool. But Mick's a yeah. genetic freak. Oh, he was moving around I mean, like he was 30. He's moving like he's 25 yeah. years old. It was, it was pretty cool. It was a good show. I, I enjoyed it. And he had a couple of Juicy Lucys on board, too. Yeah. He did the whole thing. Well, he did not. I suppose not. He mixed he in didn't. Purple Rain lyrics to what song was it? I forget which one. He, he did that, too. But the show was good. But here's the thing. If you're planning on going to a show at U.S. Bank Stadium, yeah. you have to sit close to the stage because the acoustics in that building are god-awful. Really? They are bad. <laughs> That's the third show I've seen at that at that venue, and it's, I, it's not good unless you're close to I the stage. I have to think that uh, in a building of that expense, I have to think the architects take into consideration acoustics, don't they? They know there's going to be concerts well, there. Well, they did make changes after the first, I think it was a Metallica show was the first concert there. Yeah. And they did try hard to change it, but it, it improved a little bit, but it's still not very good unless you're close, which is too bad. The only thing that kept me from going was the absence of Charlie. Otherwise, I would have gone. Which they did a tribute to him yeah. that was about... 10 seconds long, yeah. which I thought was a little odd. <laughs> 30. The paper said 30 seconds. It was 30? I thought <laughs> yeah. it was shorter than that. I Chris, that, where'd I, you park? Yeah. Where, uh, how was that, the whole downtown experience? Normally, I would have parked here and just taken the choo-choo, but I thought I was kind of running late, and so I parked at 5th and Hennepin, right by where the poorhouse is. It's about yeah. a five-block walk. Kenny, yeah. downtown was absolutely dead. Nothing was open, because I thought, oh, I'll grab a grab a pop quick at the poorhouse they weren't open so i don't know if they closed early this was so seven did you o'clock walk those f- five yeah. blocks i walked and then i did notice uh one of the light rail car uh, trains that went by me was very uh uh vacant including one guy that looked like he had set up a tent inside and i'm not joking <laughs> well uh, it's pleasing to note that uh everything went off without a hitch uh, the gangbangers stayed quiet yeah did you notice an extra police presence? Uh, uh, around the stadium and inside, yes. Not outside on the streets, though. I did not. Because, again, I, I was, uh, I was uh, grateful to learn that it was uh, very successful in terms of public safety. Well, and you, you f- f- will find out, too, on Sunday night because the Vikings have a Sunday night game. On Halloween. That'll be a... That uh, could be a... There might be some consumption. That might that be game. problematic. Against the Cowboys. <laughs> 
Yeah, but you would, well, maybe there wasn't as much consumption as you would think last night because of the age of the crowd. No, the beer lines were pretty long. Really? <laughs> and you know what? Uh, it's not cheap to drink at that well, at I would that imagine building. not. I would imagine not. It's, uh, I said I, I'll be having one. <laughs> I guess it could get to be outrageous, huh? Yeah. But it was a good show. And uh, Johnny put me on the, the opener. What was it? Uh, Black Pumas. Thank you. Pumas. That yeah. guy can play the guitar, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I haven't heard him, but I have heard nothing but good stuff about him. So. Yeah. Well, what's new with you, Kenny? You didn't go to the Stones concert either. Black John, Pumas, either yeah. as opposed to Black Panthers. Interesting. Mm-hmm. What kind of music? I'm going to stay with music here. Uh, what, what, what kind of music, Chris? Bluesy rock. It, Right, oh, John? Would that be? They're known, yeah, oh. they're known like as a psychedelic kind of blues. Yeah, boring, really old, boring old middle-aged man music. <laughs> <Right>. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Nothing interesting. I'm going to slap you. Even when he has a headache, he's going to go fish, and I love I know. it. Uh, but I didn't get there, Kenny. I only heard about their last two or three songs. But what I heard, I, I thought was pretty cool. You know, back in the day, Prince opened for the Stones here. No kidding. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Say, speaking of music, um, uh, Sarah writes... I'm listening to your podcast from Tuesday, October 19. I heard you and the crew talking about the Antiques Roadshow program. It made me think of a story in our family I'd like to share with you. Hmm. I'm not sure if you're familiar with the Chicago 2003 Antiques Roadshow episode, but in that show, they highlighted a... uh, I am not familiar with with the Chicago 2003 edition (laughs) of the show. They highlighted a Beatles original butcher cover album. The woman in the show is my aunt. She, along with my dad and two sisters, grew up in Chicago. She bought the album when she was in high school without my grandfather's knowledge, knowing he would not have approved. Uh, Fast forward many years later, and her son-in-law was interested in going through her old records. He was looking for a specific album he thought may be valuable, and while doing so, came across the Beatles' butcher cover. He told me that it was likely worth something, and she should bring it to an to bring it to Antiques Roadshow. Lo and behold, the show was airing an episode from Navy Pier and looking for items. My aunt decided what the heck and took it. As you can see from the video, her son-in-law was right. She linked me to a video. She uh, uh, bought the album uh, in a very narrow window of time before all the records were pulled off the shelf. Knowing an item is worth only as much as somebody is willing to pay for it, she decided to put it uh, to auction. She did receive the estimated value and decided to spend the money by taking a trip to London. <laughs> uh, the Beatles' butcher cover was uh, uh, problematic because they were posing with, uh, what, yeah. some livestock that had been cut up or no, something. No, well, no, and, and no, were do- no, no, it wasn't dogs. livestock. Oh. Well, it, it, well, it was meat. They had meat on their uh, but it bodies, was, shall we say. But it was baby, baby heads. Dolls. Yeah. Baby dolls. What was going through the lads' minds, I wonder? Hmm. What album did that become, then, I wonder? Yesterday and Today. All for Pete's sake. It, it always was named Yesterday and Today, even with the butcher cover. Oh. And then, and then they changed it, and they ended up sitting on uh, what it ended up to be crates when they put out the original oh, Okay, one. okay. Like shipping, so, shipping crates for instruments. Do you know about the Antiques Roadshow episode that featured a railroad watch that was owned by uh, one of the publishers or employees of the St. Paul paper. I've heard of this. It's ringing a bell. This, um, I'm trying to look it up as I'm talking, but this guy 
antique. Uh, Jesus, I can't do three, two things at once. This guy brings in a railroad watch, a pocket watch that was evidently, and I wish I had the story straight, given to him by the publisher or the owner, or he was, or it was, you know, 80, 100 years old. The thing was worth like a million dollars, and the guy freaked out. You could see him visibly have a BM right there on the stage. And and that was, was I believe, in Bonanzaville in Fargo. They shot that in Fargo. What do I Google? Um, Pioneer Press watch? I love it. Once in a while, you get a Vietnam vet kind of down and out of his luck, and he'll bring in a Rolex that he bought at the PX overseas, and it's still in the box. Uh, hey, pal, it's worth a million bucks. That guy freaked out, too. <laughs> a 1914 Patek Philippe pocket watch. Yep. Um, and holy crap. Oh, this guy. He made a million bucks because he did end up selling it. Wouldn't you? But it was um, uh, <laughs> it was amazing. It was still in the box, um, and the guy uh, giving the giving the spiel w- was freaking out. And, and this guy, when he was told the value of it, he was just no, no, no. It was so cool. So, you know, do you think that when they don't know the price, that the person telling them that is going to say it's worth a mill, but in essence, it's probably worth five? No, no, I think they give them the straight answer. Oh, they do, okay. But you know what's crucial to all these discoveries is the box. Yeah. You got to have the box. You got to have the yeah. box. Yeah. Without the box, you got nothing. That's right. Uh, the watch was handed down from my great-grandfather. He was the owner of the St. Paul Pioneer Press and Dispatch back in 1914. I'll be damned. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Mary Kay writes, thank you for the recommendation. We celebrated our 45th wedding anniversary, and my husband didn't really want or need anything. So what do you do? What do you do? She drove from Northfield to Forest Lake and purchased three meatloafs and summer sausage from Grunhoffers, and he loved the gift. Hail the flashlight, King, and thank you for the alert, and thank you for going there, Mary Kay. Uh, it sounds like you might have gone to the new store uh, in Forest Lake on Highway 97, just off uh, Interstate 35. The original Grunhoffers Old Fashioned Meats, of course, is on Highway 61, just north of Hugo. Uh, the greatest variety of brats and uh, sausages and hams and bacons and steaks and burgers and meatloaf she'll ever find. Great seasoning, great advice from anybody behind the counter if you're looking for cooking tips. It is really, really the place of discovery for Garage Logician and has been because Spencer's been with us for two years now. He's been with us from the beginning. Wow. And uh, people uh, love to tell me of their adventures going there. And, and uh, Mary wait minute, Kay. Wait a minute. Three uh, years. Three years. We've been on three years? 18. 18 yeah, to 19 September of 18. to 20 to 21. That's three years we've That's been right. with Spencer. Thank you to Spencer Grunhofer. <laughs> and we've made his life a living hell. <laughs> right. He had to open a different store, and he's trying to find help, and it's just been uh, horrible. But uh, he loves it, and GLers love it. Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats in Hugo in Forest Lake. Hey, GLers, if you're looking to improve the water quality in your home, then trust my friends at Hofferman Water. They are your local independent water treatment dealer, and they have been serving Minnesotans for nearly 50 years, and they understand the unique problems that Minnesota water brings. They are also an independent and authorized Connecticut dealer, so whether you're looking to soften, filter, or you just want your water to taste better, they will help make your water worry-free. I'm a prime example. I went with the Connecticut system a couple of years ago. I have the SC. 
650 system inside my home. It made an absolute world of difference. It improved everything. Your 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 dishes, your your laundry, your showers, everything inside your home gets better with Kinetico and my friends at Hofferman Water. If you already have a water treatment system in your home, well, they can help you with service and repairs. They specialize in Kinetico products, but service many other major brands too. They can also help with salt delivery, filter changes, parts, repairs, and more. Give them a shout today. You can call them at 612-895-2440 for a free water analysis and estimate, or just check them out online at HoffermanWater.com, and please let them know that Garage Logic sent you. One, two, three, four. <laughs> oh, Jesus. This guy wears many hats, just not indoors. Joe Suchere. You sure were. Live from the nursing home. On your red dress, my baby. Here's Brooke. On Safe.com. That's the website. Seems like this would uh, this week would be a great week to stop into Maple Grove Lock and Safe. What with the uh, fresh inventory of both American Security and Liberty Safes. All GLers know that the Liberty Safe, it's the finest quality safe in the world, made right here in the United States. Rich, the owner, he's going to save you money, make sure you get the best unit to fit your needs, whether it's firearms, cash, family heirlooms, important documents that can't be lost in the event of a fire or uh, burglary. Rich, he can give you peace of mind by providing you with a safe that will keep your things secure. And you know what? He's pretty good with a set of tools and making repairs for those locks and safes, too. Uh, so give Rich a call. Maple Grove Lock and Safe. They're at 6901 East Fish Lake Road and on the web, like I said, maplegrovelockandsafe.com. Uh, Joe, if I may interrupt before yes. you continue, that Antiques Roadshow one I mentioned was different than the one Kenny mentioned. This one in North Dakota, it was a fellow who bought a Rolex while he was in the Air Force in Well, that's the one I'm thinking of. Yeah, uh, he planned to use it to uh, scuba dive, but decided it was too nice and tucked it away. The appraiser told the man the watch was similar to one worn by Paul Newman yep. at auctions for about two hundred grand. However... It also had the tiny word oyster inscribed on the face, which made it extremely, extremely rare. And the fella told him at auction, it could get anywhere up to $700,000. Kind of a long-haired uh, guy, remember? Long-haired guy, big beard. Uh, that's if you the remember, one I saw. Kinda, that's the one I saw. Yeah, yeah. He buckled and said a swear word that they beeped out. Yep. And, and went, oh. So, and I don't know if he ever sold that. I'm looking at a, a story that was current to the actual show. So I'll see if I can find that. All right. Uh... I have something I'm, I want to take to Antiques Roadshow. Oh, oh a yeah. frog with a hole in the bottom, <laughs> and you stick a hose in it, and the water comes out the frog's mouth. I bet that's worth something. Only if it I has think I saw, the original I, box. <laughs> I think I saw that at wow. Frats last time I was. Oh, this is an old Joe. one, though. This is an old one. Green. Yeah. Remember? Yeah, it's green. A, it's, Remember Lou Campbell? What did Lou Campbell always tell us? The guy from Duluth. Had to have the box. He had to have the original box. Well, how for was it to be... This thing's from 1910. I'm not kidding. Oh, oh I'm sure. Uh-huh. This is, he sounds like a salesman not trying to oversell it. Oh, it's, this is a good so, one. <laughs> now, <laughs> we need to, now we need to look up when the garden hose was invented. Well, let me tell you something, smart boys. Let me tell you something. <laughs> I've done yeah. some research on this, and they go like gangbusters on eBay. This thing has followed me around like a piece of garage wood. I have had it my whole life. It was in the original grandmother's 
cottage out at White Bear was in the tin garage, and I fetched it. And I've kept it like a piece of garage wood. It's been everywhere I've been. So it's over 100 years old. Do you have I that going for you? I think it is. Kenny, uh, I, I want to rip Joe, but in 1821, inventor James Boyd patented his design for a rubber-lined, cotton-webbed fire hose. Hmm. Yeah, so, but that wasn't for water. Hey, now. <laughs> well, of course it was. Sure it was. Sure. All right, let's get back to the sure show here. Sure let's get back to the show. You know it was. Whoosh! You know it was. Well, I certainly noted this yesterday and saved it for today's episode. Omar, this is page B3, the Minnesota section of the Star Tribune. B3. Today or, or yesterday? Yesterday. yesterday. Omar right. has a word or two on policing in Minneapolis. Subhead, <laughs> the Democrat used her town hall to weigh in on city issues and the spending stalemate in Congress. U.S. Representative Ilhan Omar. Here is your latest Ilhan you. Omar yeah, report that. on Garage Logic. Right off the bat, it says U.S. Representative Ilhan Omar told constituents Saturday at a town hall meeting that Minneapolis's rise in gun violence and carjackings can be blamed on the police who have chosen yeah. to not fulfill their oath of office and provide the public safety they owe to the citizens. That's a that's a lie. The yeah, congresswoman yeah. spoke before a mostly friendly gathering of about fifty. Mostly her, peaceful gathering at her alma mater, Edison High School. <laughs> uh, she was responding to a resident who said she had been on the verge of moving because of the increase in crime and scores of officers who have quit or claim post-traumatic stress since George Floyd's killing last year. Omar, a Democrat, really said yeah. that she understood the desire for safety and reiterated her call to voters to approve a Minneapolis City Charter Amendment that would remove minimum police staffing requirements and give the city council authority uh, over a more holistic public safety department, thus betraying her constituents. I think that's nothing less than a betrayal of the black people of Minneapolis who want police and need police. I was actually angry when I read this story yesterday. There is one thing that this piece, though, left out here. I'm perusing it for the first time. Uh, And you have to follow the right people on Twitter to find this out. But as they were having this rally, there was uh, nearby fully automatic gunfire going off. I'm sure that that, would not have been reported. Everybody, were the, were the cops having target practice? Were the cops doing that? <laughs> Everybody in the crowd heard and was recorded, and uh, it was tweeted. When you have a system that refuses to work for the people it's supposed to serve, you have to go back to the drawing board, she said. At some point, you've got to walk away. Omar and, and DFL Attorney General Keith Ellison support the amendment, while fellow DFLers such as Mayor Jacob Fry, Tim Walls, and Amy Klobuchar and Tina Smith oppose it. Omar recently stepped into the Minneapolis election, endorsing mayoral candidates Kate Knuth and Sheila Nizhad, while urging residents not to mark Fry, who was seeking re-election on their ranked choice ballots. In her first indoor, in-person town hall since the COVID-19 pandemic began, Omar addressed the stalemate in Washington over President Biden's Build Back Better agenda, the president's massive infrastructure and uh, societal or social safety net costing trillions with climate change provisions. Uh, okay. North Minneapolis developer Jamez Staples, who runs a solar installation company, installation company, asked how Congress would ensure equity in the bill for communities that have been historically left behind. 
Omar said Democratic U.S. Senators Joe Manchin of West Virginia and Kirsten Sinema of Arizona are the only obstacles to passage of the bill, and the reason its price tag has been halved to around $2 trillion. She said that meant certain child care subsidies and paid family leave may receive funding for five years instead of 10. She called it baffling and shameful that Manchin, who opposes provisions that would penalize West Virginia's coal companies, would hobble social services that his constituents could benefit from. Omar, you are so full of B as in S. Coal, can't even uh, say China it. and I can't even speak <laughs> anymore. China and India can't build coal-powered, uh, coal-fired power plants fast enough. Uh, this is a. This is a. There's a many prongs to the climate change phenomenon, and one of them is it's directed specifically at the United States. It has nothing to do with any other right. country. You think China's worried about this stuff? Nope. And they're not going to pay up either. If 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 build, they're not going to. They're just going to say no. They're tearing the domes off mosques in China so they look more Chinese. You think they give a bleep about anything? They don't give a rat's behind. A bat's behind. No. I continue to believe that Omar has an agenda. Uh, Reavers, I think you feel the same way. I do. I I, I don't think that uh, I no longer am of the mind that um, she's just a fool. I think she. This is all by design, and I think that she has evil intent. I've always had that thought. Yeah, I've always thought she wants a different yeah. country than uh, we do. Yeah, yeah. well, I have from an interesting... Even, I mean, when she took Phyllis Kahn's seat, I thought that. Yeah. I have an interesting note from a GLer, Jesse Valbrecht. Hail the Flashlight King. Hail, Hail you. you. Joe, catching up and listening to the October 19 conversation about Ilhan's endorsement of Sheila Nishad and that Knuth woman. I really think you guys give her too much credit. In my opinion, she isn't smart enough to mastermind a wholesale attack on America and manufacture chaos. It's really as simple for her as glomming onto the latest community action initiative to get attention and headlines. Her benefit is as simple as holding office long enough to continue making a living, becoming important enough in Washington to either stay for her entire career or when she gets voted out, be able to land with a political action nonprofit, which are about to get a massive windfall in revenue from the infrastructure handout, again, to continue making a living. That's all. It's self-preservation. Chaos is the byproduct because these people have no integrity or ethics and can't see two steps in front of themselves. You and I both know if Ilhan wasn't in office or working for a nonprofit, she would be working a minimum wage job and probably doesn't even do very well at it. Just my opinion. Good luck, Jesse. It's an interesting take. Hmm. Hmm. It's an interesting take. I don't. Sorry, I disagree with him. Um, did you see the piece right next to it um, in the paper, Joe, about Omar behind Islof, Islamophobia bill? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, which she's coming out strong against and introducing and trying to get pushed through. Um, and also one of the world's biggest Jew haters uh, mm-hmm. to ever walk the planet. Mm-hmm. No mention of that, though, of course, in this piece. Not that I've seen yet. But this Jesse's uh, observation becomes more accurate when you realize that uh, she carved out this niche for herself using her various political identities as a shield against criticism. Yep. She, she has carved out this niche for herself that uh, 
she can get away with this because she's the first black, she's the first Muslim, she's the first female, she's the first this or that. And she, she hides behind those badges. And uh, the way she's carving out her niche is something that rubs all of us the wrong way, but she'll continue to get reelected. She walks around like she's got the Star Wars, um, what do you call that thing? Not the tractor beam, but the, the force field. Mm-hmm. She's untouchable. She can't be, nothing can touch her because she hides behind the, well, I'm the first female, I'm the first Muslim, I'm the first this and that. It's And if you happen to uh, disagree with any of her views, you're automatically Fool. labeled as racist. Racist, you yeah. pig. You're scared of a woman with power. No, no, Ilhan, I, I, I'm not. I just disagree with basically everything you stand for. Well, but that's the problem. We don't know what she stands for. Okay, mm-hmm. say it. What does she stand for? I don't. I don't want to say it. Um, no. Okay. What does she stand for? <laughs> she doesn't her, stand for me. Her agenda. Does she even? Okay. What has she done for the Somali? Population. Specifically. Well, she's increased crime. She'll go to a rally. She's increased crime. She'll go to a local rally and hey, rah, rah, but I I don't know what. I think she's even betrayed her own people. In fact, uh, Reverend Tim had a great tweet about this. I'm trying to find it, but basically there was the photo of Ilhan, uh, Jeremiah, and Keith Ellison, and our guy Philippe Cunningham in Mm -hmm. one picture, and he said, Three of these four people are in charge of two of the worst districts in the entire state mm-hmm. of Minnesota as it relates to crime. Did you get the video? Shoot. I'll make sure you did. Let me look. Let me look. Hold Let on, me man. Look. Hold up. <coughs> Wait a minute. Here's how messed up this country is, I'll tell you. You got a, you got a 10 second airport story? You still got the, uh, the good parts. I do have a little bit. Uh, there was a female. That came up late to the ticket counter at a certain airline, and she was late. Mm. And she was told that she would not be able to board. This happens quite a bit in on certain was flights. Was this today? Uh, this was not today. This was several weeks Whatever. ago. Whatever, yeah. And uh, she wanted to talk to a supervisor. So the supervisor, who is a young African-American man, mm-hmm. came out to talk to this uh, black lady. They're both black. And she said, are you a manager? And he said, yes, I am, sticking to his guns. Mm-hmm. And she said... That's why they shouldn't make black people managers. Really? And he, he looked. He looked. He said, "I looked down at my skin." I looked at her and said, <laughs> "What? What?" <laughs> Just a side note. Oh I was feeling while you were doing God. that, but the stories at the airport have to remain anonymous. But that what was the one hell? that was that's way like up a there. Dave. That's like a Dave Chappelle skin. Wouldn't uh, <laughs> don't get off track now because you want you were looking for a video. That's wouldn't a podcast about stories from the airport be a great idea? Well, there there would be a, there would be a fruitful. There would be a lot. I've got one. I'll sell you for about five bucks. I'll take it. Do you recall we noted? I think it was last week that Philippe Cunningham denied knowing that he was on a stage yes. that said defund yeah. the police. Yes, yes. right. Yeah. And our, our very trustworthy mole texted me, and I got to make sure you can play this. Does that mean I have to forward a text to you? Because I don't know how to do oh, that. Oh, this ought to be uh, good. You forward the text yeah. to me, I'll get it to Reavers. Well, I'm just going to hand you my phone. Oh. Not sure if you guys saw this. <laughs> okay, Philippe Cunningham's damn. opponent <laughs> calls him out for his claims. He did not see defund the police sign on the stage at the rally. She has an ad embedded in this tweet. Uh, this is fantastic. Her, uh, her name is Latricia Vitaw. She's running against this fraud, Philippe Cunningham, and we need GLers to hear this. Okay, text so it I'm going to gonna give this. No, just here's my phone. Okay, and then you text it, and while you're doing that, I'm going to tell you about. Uh, 
Schmelz Countryside. Sure. In Maplewood, southeast quadrant of Highway 36 and 61. I thought I could get in when we had a couple of days break there, but my appointment is this week. So I'll be kicking tires. In fact, we have, might have a late start Wednesday. Are you going to run the numbers? Because I'm going to be kicking tires at Schmelz Countryside Volkswagen, Fiat, and Alfa Romeo. Right now, 0% for up to 36 months on all new Volkswagens, except the ID4. Uh, 0% for up to 72 months on Fiat models. And 0% for up to 48 months on Alfa Romeos. They're all sweet. They're all historic. They all have wonderful, wonderful backgrounds. I've owned all three of these vehicles, and I will continue to. You can find out the inventory at uh, SchmelzVW.com, SchmelzFiat.com, and SchmelzAlphaRomeo.com. Hey, once again, we want to thank Andy and his crew at Kahuna Window Cleaning and Services for their partnership here in Garage Logic. You see, they take care of all the stuff around your house that you really hate doing. Window cleaning, gutter cleaning, pressure washing, roof washing. They even put up and take down and store your holiday lights. They service the entire metro area from North Branch to Norwood Young America. Kahuna is also a veteran-owned company and honored to be recommended by Trust Vets. Check this out. Throughout November, they have a great special on gutter cleaning just for GLers. Cleaning your gutters is extremely important. It can prevent insect infestation, roof leaks, foundation damage, basement leaks, landscape damage, and more. Kahuna ensures that all the gunk is removed, downspouts are unclogged, and water is flowing freely. Right now, for GLers only, pricing for gutter cleaning packages start at just $124. This special will run only through the month of November. Head to kahunawindowcleaning.com to schedule a washing. Make sure you ask for the Garage Logic special, kahunawindowcleaning.com. It's the end of the world as we know it, oh, and he feels fine. <laughs> Joe Sushere. <laughs> <laughs> Just a touch, but that's okay. Professionalturf.com. They are the best lawn care shop in the business, and they're looking for you seasonal. Like how I dropped the G on that suits? They're looking oh, for you yeah. season, seasonal workers. Very, to push very some, rural. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they want you to push some snow around this winter. You know who you are, you guys. You're typically laid off in the fall. Lawn care employees, no winter work, roofers, siding installers. Construction you know, you, you guys. You know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. The type of uh, people, no, it's the quality of people that ProTurf is looking for. Men and women with know-how and confidence, quick learners, good with machinery, aren't intimidated by the size or scope of a potential workday. It's a great opportunity to turn your extra downtime this winter into a little extra money in the South Metro. And, of course, you only work when it snows. Uh, they have very flexible compensation programs to work with your laid-off staff, if you know what I mean. And they'll also be adding uh, to their full-time staff for the 2022 year, which is a great opportunity. These employees are happy folks. I I've met a lot of them over the years. Full benefits, exceptional pay, and like I said, uh, good boss too, by the way. Log on to ProfessionalTurf.com, click on the Contact Us tab, send your name and contact info in, and that's that's. That's it. Kenny. It's professionalturf.com. There's yes, nothing idea. more therapeutic than plowing maybe at 4.30 in the morning. Snow is lightly falling, and you take that first spin through the snow. It is it is. You break so, it open. It's you so break wonderful. it open. Yes, yeah, yeah. it's wonderful. Break it's it like open. the virgin driveway with a snowblower. That, that's the equivalent. Yeah. But yep. this time you're doing yep. your row after row and nobody's yeah. bothering you. Yeah. It's a great thing to do. There's a GLer up here, the guy that does my driveway, Johnny, who just absolutely loves pushing snow. And he can do it 12, 15 hours a day. Just loves it. Amen. Yeah. We're going to get back to Ilhan. But first, I want to play you 
essentially it's a campaign ad by Latricia Vita, mm -hmm. who's running against Philippe Cunningham, and she really calls him out on his denial that he uh, was on a stage with a big banner in front that said defund the police. Basically, he's backtracking because he realizes this is going to lose him the election. I hope so. Yeah. Come on now. Why can't Councilmember Cunningham tell us the truth about defunding police? Would I stand on the stage now and, and agree to dismantle? Like, I wouldn't use that language, no. Excuse me? You did stand on that stage with a big defund police sign. My name is Philippe Cunningham, and I'm the Minneapolis City Council member representing the 4th Ward in North Minneapolis. I entered through the back of the stage, and I exited through the back of the stage. I did not know that it said defund police on the front of the stage until I saw the picture in the New York Times. Come on now, let's look at the videotape. This is you stepping on that stage from the front, and yeah, that side is really big. So this is this is a part that's like not fair. Like I'm human, and like so I was embarrassed because I didn't know that that was on the front of the stage. This isn't funny. This is about protecting our children, our community, our neighbors. With all the crime in our community, let's not get rid of police. Let's make them better. Northsiders can handle a lot, but you always have to tell us the truth. And Philippe Cunningham is not doing that. Come on now. I wish I'm I lived Latricia in Vita, North I Minneapolis so I message. could vote for her. Yeah. I love that she, that's one of Don yeah. McLean's uh, favorite phrases. Come on Come now. On now. Come on. I love that, that phrase. I've been saying, hold up. Wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Something, something ain't right. Something right. Let's look at the video. Yeah. And there's that twerp walking You're up busted. onto the stage from the front. But <laughs> the, the the casual nature with, oh, come on, I was I didn't know. Right. <laughs> Dude, you're a fraud. You've got to vote him right, out, right. man. North Minneapolis will turn out and elect Latricia Vito. I'm convinced of it. He, he is worthless. He's worthless. Now, back okay, to Illinois. Okay, Such, I want to tell, I want to say something I should have said last segment. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, and I held back for some reason. I think her intent, Ilhan the Omar. reason, yes, uh, the reason she's here, the reason uh, she's doing what she's doing is to transform America into a Muslim way of life where eventually we will have call to prayer however many times a day Whoa. in every major city Whoa. across the country, the same way you do in France, Denmark, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Well, I've mentioned before uh, my appreciation for an author named Robert Ferrigno. And I started reading him in the early 90s. I believe he debuted with a novel called The Horse Latitudes. Uh, that was followed up by Cheshire Moon, Dead Man's Dance, Dead Silent, Heartbreaker, Flinch, Scavenger Hunt, The Wake Up. And then you get into the recent ones. This was from 2006, and every time I think of Ilan Omar, I think of a couple of Ferrigno's novels. This one was called Prayers for the Assassin. What would happen to America if the extremists won? Seattle, 2040. The space needle lies crumbled, veiled women hurry through the streets, alcohol is outlawed, replaced by jihad cola, and mosques dot the <laughs> skyline. New York and Washington, D.C. are uh, included. Then that was followed by Sins of the Assassin. Colossal in concept, dazzlingly plotted, filled with vivid, jaw-dropping violence, Sons of the Assassin, I'm sorry, Sins of the Assassin, confirms Robert Ferrigno as the modern master of the futuristic thriller in this second book of Ferrigno's spectacular assassin trilogy. And then, uh, what was this one called? Thriller. Uh, 
Okay, okay I don't know what that one is. But in Sins of the Assassin and Prayers of the Assassin, Ferrigno forecasts what Kenny just said. And I come off sounding like a right-wing nut. Um, let me clarify. I think there's room in this country for all religions, mm -hmm. including Muslims, yes, who cares um, what you do? Ju Go ahead. Judaism, Christians. I don't even care about the nuts out in uh, Utah. I could care less about it, <laughs> those guys. Seriously, oh, wow. I, all of them. I, 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 I'm open to all religions, just not one. In 2009, the third came out, Heart of the Assassin. The year is 2045, and our warrior battles to save America from an Islamic mastermind in this smart and violent futuristic thriller from New York Times bestselling author Robert Ferrigno. Time is running out for the Islamic Republic, and the Bible Belt fights back. Hmm. The middle so, of the country. The so Bible. those three GLers, Robert Ferrigno, F-E-R-R-I-G-N-O, Robert Ferrigno, Heart of the Assassin, Sins of the Assassin, and Prayers for the Assassin, absolutely put me in mind of Ilhan Omar. Sounds like the Taken series. I mean, now I read I them before her ascendancy, but I, she comes to mind when I recall reading these books, mm. and I recommend wow. them. That's frightening. I, I, think I didn't expect uh, everybody to jump on the hay rack that quick. Uh, I thought I'd get a little pushback from Well, I am prepared to push them. back. I don't think she has that kind of power. I don't yeah. think. She does not, however... As the years move on, there are going to be more and more people like-minded that are going to be in positions of power. But she's been terribly ineffective as a congresswoman. Joe, she won in a landslide. But, but that's fine. Here, she won in a landslide. In Washington, she's a two-bit player. She is not successful. She is part of the squad. They're not really accomplishing anything. Well, unless, true. Well, they have managed to pull Biden way far to left. That's exactly what I was going to get at. They're but, in the White House. They are in the White House. Well, I, I'm, I'm clinging uh, to my belief that as a singular human being, she's not powerful enough to transform the United States into an Islamic republic. Yeah, and I agree with Joe on that. I agree. I think that's what her, uh, what she wants to do. I think she'd Kenny. like that. I think yeah, I agree like compl that. completely like that. with Kenny that that's what she would like the U.S. to be, but I don't think she will have the power would, to do that. Would both of you, though, admit that what we're seeing right now in the first nine months of this presidency— Socialism is here. Mm -hmm. It's already here. Well, and it always has been to a point. I'm, no, I'm not ready to say the first nine months of this presidency have you know, okay. brought socialism to the U.S. Hell, we had Social Security in the 30s, remember? Right. Yeah. Let's get really conspiratorial here. All right, do you think, she's, you think she's working on her own, or do you think she's pushing a hidden agenda for a hidden group of backers? Uh, I know. This is. Let, let's dun, go there, John. Dun, wow. Bring yeah, chopper yeah. in radar. Well, you Incoming. guys remember the story that was done on AOC and how she got elected. We all watched that, right? Uh, yeah, she couldn't make a drink in a bar, much less be a congresswoman. She's She's got people pulling the strings for her. So that's what Kenny's getting at. Right, right. But then you got this Jesse email. No, Ilhan is just trying to keep a job. And this is the niche she carved out for herself. Yeah, Remind I, me, Such, do we give any legitimacy to the stories about her marrying her brother and all of that nonsense? Or, she, she, is that credible or not? Well, it's certainly credible, but she has survived those accusations by hiding behind the shield of her political identity. Black, Muslim, female. And so any, any questioning of her is because you're a racist. Any questioning of her ethical behavior is because you're white and you're a no. racist. 
Yeah. If some cracker from Iowa did that, we'd be all, you know, the whole yeah, yeah. world would be all over it. Right. She, she can get away with quite a bit because we are yeah. living in a world of political identity, not personal character. And we've talked about this before. If you go on social media, I know normal people who I don't think are crazy who will uh, be effusive with praise about her. And I, I don't get that. I don't I get it either. What has she done yeah, to result exa- in the praise? Exa- nothing. I think it's that but, politics of identity that yeah. you're talking about. They but just John, do that. Nothing else. We see that for the other side, too. Well, I didn't want to say that, but since you brought I'll, it up. I'll, I'll say it. I'll take the hit this time. But <laughs> you know what we see, It's like identi- like you, Joe said, identity uh, politics, you know. You know what is interesting, too? And I know you're you're reading the Star Tribune piece on, on Elon, correct? That's I the, just did. That's yeah. what I'm saying. The the online version of it, the headline anyway. Mm-hmm. Have, did you guys see what the headline no, is? No, I did not. I, no. I have an actual printed copy of the newspaper. At Town Hall, U.S. Rep. Ilhan Omar boosts public safety amendment, blasts stalemate over Biden package, mm-hmm. mentioning nothing about police, mm-hmm. nothing. Wow. In the headline, which I found surprising, but they're but but to their credit, when they tweeted out the story, they did mention that. Did but, they allow comments oh, online? Yeah. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, which I also found a bit surprising. I remember being chilled by these Ferrigno novels, the Assassin trilogy, and uh, there's, there's now that I think back on them, they're too uh, prescient, they're too prophetic, they're uh, they're incredible, and they're uh, and and they're, they're thrillers too. Not to mention they're really fun to read. They, he, I was going to say they sound like fun. I may have to just yeah. check them out just Does because. Throw in like a little, fun. you know. Little good stuff. Oh, yeah, some of the good in the stuff. on the page sixty-two. I don't know. The author's <laughs> photo on the back cover. Which one did they use? The photo where he's normal, or the photo where he's green, <laughs> all green? I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, how did he find the time to write these books? No, 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 that's Daddy. Lou. That's his cousin Lou. For what? Lou for I knew you'd have to bring that up. That's, I didn't bring it up. That's not, I was very not, professional. Let's not go there. This is serious stuff. This is serious. And if you want to learn about. <laughs> Obviously, it's fiction, but it's. Uh, I mean, the truth is uh, not far away. Truth is sometimes very obviously disguised in fiction. Yes, very serious. If I, uh, if I may interject something here that I did the last time we talked about it too, and it doesn't matter. I know, and Joe, you'll probably get mad that I even bring this up, but he pronounces his name Farino. Okay, Farino. Uh, that might help in future you, references. I, I, I did this about five years ago, too, and you made a face at me oh. that made me think perhaps and I should leave the room. the end of that book, it says, you wouldn't like me when I get angry. Yeah. <laughs> Is that how he ends his books? <laughs> Don't make me angry. Are you, you talking about like some me if I'm angry? Bleeping TV oh, show. I thought you were going to say it. I thought you were going to say it. <laughs> he doesn't even Mr. know McGee, the show. Don't make me angry. You wouldn't like me when I'm angry. You know, I remember he came up, uh, Farino, came yeah. up in another capacity... Uh, I have recommended these books before, and then I remember telling you that his most recent one, The Girl Who Cried Wolf, was a terrible disappointment. A terrible disappointment. Well, Farino is the guy, the pencil in the eye guy. That's who that is. Farino. Yeah. Oh, Put Dennis dummy Farina. number two on the phone. I'm going to stab oh, you in the Farina, eye with a yeah. stab you yeah. in the heart with a pencil. Good. We have another character to reference when he brings up the book again. <laughs> well, that's my uh, take on it, and I I, I, I believe that Omar is uh, interesting for no other reason than imagining her as a character in one of those books, which was very easy to do. Yes, very easy to do. Okay, but you mentioned that you don't think the movement is big enough to overtake a, a single 
united religion or, or I'm not even religion. sure there's a movement. But okay, my my what do you question, Brooke, What do you need for a movement? You need people. Where are we getting those people currently today? Oh, we're getting Where them are from they Afghanistan. coming from? There you go. <laughs> ding 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 ding. But then if they start to inch the line, how much are you will how much do you think they will be given before people say, "Hold on, wait a minute, something ain't right." Yeah. It won't be full-fledged, but they're sure going to try to to push especially with your new Well, okay, but the people that left Afghanistan were not Talibaners. To the point where they were helping the U.S., so maybe there's some ray of hope there. So Jordy sent us a video, and it's quite troubling. Basically, there's a guy who uh, is Muslim, and he works for an outfit. I don't think it's campus reform. It's something else. But anyway, he's on the, the, the campus of Berkeley fundraising for the Taliban. Got to oh, be a bit. I got to be a bit. I hope oh, yeah. to God it's a no, bit. No, it it is a bit. It's um, be a bit. W- 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 give me his name again, because I've uh, oh, uh, and these dumb kids are probably saying, okay, they they're buying it hook, yeah. line, and sinker. Yeah. No, yeah. Th- this is his bit. He'll go out and toss out that kind of crazy thing to see what kind of reaction he gets. But Talk, their reactions give, seem genuine. Yeah, no, their reactions I think are real. What's the kid's name? I'm trying um, to find it here. Because uh, uh, I I was listening to you uh, play that, and I recognized his name. I've followed some of the stuff right, he does. I, I saved it. R- Rook, one of the uh, things I Googled oh, um, here we go. during Amy, the break. Amy Horowitz. Ami. Yeah, Ami. Amy, Ami. Ami, Ami, Ami Horowitz. Yeah. 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 Yep. yeah. What did you Horowitz. Google during the break? Muslims, Denmark. And uh, Denmark is pushing back. Is and it? I did that because I have a super, just far, far super left friend who's just, oh, my God, he's so far left, it's stunning. And he, uh, he he's from Denmark, and uh, he really hates Omar, really hates Omar. Mm-hmm. And that's where I came up with this whole agenda thing is because he saw it firsthand in his own country. Hate, hate doesn't serve us well. No. Uh, she, she is... Uh What's the word I want? She's against the idea of American tradition. I, that that to me seems terribly obvious that she looks at this country and has absolutely no lens uh, through which to see it the way uh, native-born Americans see it. She sees that uh, like like Patrick does with she the farmers. She sees us as an imperialistic force. Why? It's this is the greatest. Uh, this even is though the, this works, it's a country that allowed her to become a congresswoman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Allowed her to get can, an education. Can that happen in her own country? I, I don't know what the rules are. I don't know. And all it the would Afghanis have been very difficult flooding. for her to rise to power in Somalia. Okay, fair. Now, did you bring in a joke to tell as Patrick Royce? Because uh, we're going to need that today. Later on in the show, we and, have John did, Height coming up too. Did yes. you also see? Uh, Kelsey, I think, sent this. There is a shortage of blue paint. We covered it before you got here. Oh, you did? Okay. He said that blue paint, red paint joke is no longer funny. It's not funny anymore. You can't make blue paint anymore. <laughs> it used to be funny. And no, now you're like, is. do we have blue paint? <laughs> I don't even know where it is. Blue paint great again. <laughs> right. What if Pat had to tell it knowing it's a supply chain shortage we're causing a shortage of blue paint? I'll see if I'll, I'll send him a text right now to see if he can maybe talk about the shortage in the supply. And maybe idea. not even tell a joke. I don't know. 
but you have one. Uh, yes, I've got and a joke. We, that what we do is we tell it normally, Yep. and then we turn it over to Patrick to tell It's it. like with the Roycey filter. It's that's like you, right. the joke is out there, but then you layer on a Roycey filter over that. Right. And that's, that's what how, we're going to do. That's what but it when spits When we come out. back, Thanks, we're going to have John Hype. Yep. Okay. Yep. Got it. <laughs> Hey, GLers, it's Reavers here with a couple of questions for you. Are you noticing a decrease in the following? Maybe strength, endurance, enjoyment of life, libido, or maybe it's just a lack of energy. Are you tired of feeling exhausted even after you eat dinner? I've got an answer for you. You need to call my friends at Everest Men's Health. From signs of low testosterone to other deficiencies, they examine every single area important to a man's overall health. And that allows them to develop an easy-to-follow plan that will ensure your success. It does not matter where you fall on the spectrum of men's health. The time is right now to come into Everest Men's Health and take the first steps toward realizing your best health possible. The great thing about Everest is their medical specialists look at the entire picture and they figure out what is causing these changes to you. They start with a full medical evaluation to check testosterone levels, important vitamin levels, blood levels, and overall body composition. And once they identify the deficiencies, such as low T or vitamin deficiencies, they create a personalized lifestyle program that can include testosterone, testosterone replacement, medication management, vitamin and natural supplementation, and exercise prescription and nutritional guidance. Trust me, Everest is fantastic, and they provide a comfortable environment that is not intimidating like other medical clinics. They specialize in men's health, and they can be your doctor for all your health needs, and they will refer you to a specialist if needed. It's a wonderful environment and fantastic people. Go online right now to EverestMensHealth.com, and you can call today to schedule your $50 testosterone test at any one of their three locations in Woodbury, Plymouth, and now in and please let them know that you heard about him on the Garage Logic podcast. Here's a man who spends hours in hardware stores sifting through the nuts and bolts of life, Joe Souchere. One of my favorite things to do is talk about an endorsement. That's the second thing. Uh, one of my favorite things to do. Reading, of course. <laughs> As. Uh, you are more trouble than your work. Oh, sorry. One of my favorite things to do after lighting a spiral light candle is to watch that sucker burn. Yeah. It burns in a circular motion. That would be and the whole point of it, wouldn't it? It's not boring. Stop burning boring candles, people. Stop it right now. Spiralightcandles.com is the website. You can find the wonderful Cylinder Index candle by just going to their website. Spiralightcandles.com. It smells like the garage. It might not be the perfect candle for the kitchen they or the living room. Candle? They've got also yeah, they got pumpkin can, pumpkin spice candles, all sorts oh, of great different up, scents. You, know. you get to the website. You can order for Thanksgiving. You can order for Christmas. You can order for Joe. Thank you. Joe likes a fresh smelling candle every once in a while. Spiralightcandles.com. <laughs> Click on the Garage Logic logo at the bottom and you can order yours today. That's the secret handshake for the cylinder index candle at spiralightcandles.com. Rook, Rook, remind me of the great GLer that owns Spiral Light Candles. Uh, the family is a wonderfully hardworking family. I apologize to the family for your distraction during yes, that. Yes, you ad, were so. distracting me on uh, with all sorts of Twitter and Here's social John media. John Height in the newsroom. <laughs> Why, family thank run you, Joe. Some Minneapolis rideshare drivers are adding extra safety precautions after being targeted in recent robberies and carjackings. The Minneapolis Police Department sent out a warning about the incidents on Friday, saying the department has gotten multiple reports of rideshare drivers being assaulted and robbed by people using burner phones to reserve a ride since mid-august minneapolis police Joe, said tell me least... what a burner phone is 
a cheap one. Okay. And throw it away. Okay. Minneapolis police said at least 40 rideshare drivers have been targeted in aggravated robberies or carjacking since mid-August. MPD said in recent cases, armed people pull up to the rideshare driver in a stolen vehicle, block them from leaving, and that's when the robbery or carjacking happens. As far as drivers defending themselves, Uber's weapons policy says drivers may not carry any firearms, but... Pepper spray and tasers are allowed. The policy for Lyft is a bit different. Drivers are asked not to carry a weapon of any kind while picking up riders, even if it's legal in that state. Police said rideshare drivers should be extra cautious while picking up riders. And if you fall victim, remain calm. Avoid fighting the suspects and call 911. Some drivers are installing cameras in their vehicles to record incidents just in case anything happens. And Ilhan Omar says carjackings are the direct result and the fault of the police. Well, I didn't know that they were promoting carjackings. A Minneapolis police officer has been charged with manslaughter and vehicular homicide for a crash back in July that killed a motorist while the officer was pursuing a stolen vehicle. Prosecutors making that announcement late Friday. Officer Brian Cummings was driving about 80 miles an hour with his siren and lights activated when his squad car slammed into another vehicle, killing 40-year-old Laniel Frazier. The crash ended a chase that lasted more than 20 blocks, including through residential neighborhoods where the posted speed limit is 25 miles an hour. During the chase, Frazier's Jeep entered an intersection on a green light. According to investigators, the driver of the stolen vehicle narrowly missed Frazier's Jeep before the squad car hit it on the driver's side. Wow. Mayor Jacob Fry said after Frazier's death, the city would review its pursuit policy, and that review was still ongoing, according to a city spokesman as of this past Friday. Cummings attorney Tom Plunkett said Cummings was pursuing a suspect in a violent carjacking and that the occupants had been on a crime spree, a practice that has unfortunately become too common in Minneapolis. You guys think that the Alec Baldwin accidental shooting is somewhat analogous to the Brooklyn Center cop who thought she had a taser in her hand but didn't? Is there any uh, comparison there, I wonder? Hmm. I hadn't thought about I, that. I hmm. haven't read up on this story. Was that an actual working firearm, a real yes. real firearm? Yes. But yes. he yes. thought it was safe because he was told that there were blank... Uh, what the hell are they doing with real firearms on a movie set? Well, it's a great question, and I'm sure there's much work to be done before you actually know what happened, but I don't for a moment believe Alec Baldwin was trying to kill anybody. Agree. Okay, so that is your first... And I don't think the Brooklyn Center cop thought she was going to kill the guy. That's the first common. I don't think they're analogous too. at all. I don't, I don't uh, either. All right. Yeah, I don't either. I'm just asking. I'm prepared to be wrong. Well, you are. Okay. You are asking? Well, so the what? The, so, how am I wrong? You're wrong because she was still trying to apprehend someone where Baldwin was just acting, and she thought she was reaching for her stun gizmo thing, right? And, and she had her firearm right. in her hand. All right. He had a firearm in his hand, and he knew it—a real firearm. Movie sets. So we're just putting like loads of powder in, and nothing else, right? And then somehow magically, there's real ammo on set also and that finds its way into a firearm and the part well, I, somebody's got to go down for that and well, they I, will. what what i can't understand is why would he have been aiming it at a cinematographer in the first place they were yes. practicing the drawing uh, he was practicing drawing it he had to draw it in a scene practicing pointing where the camera okay. was basically okay. and uh, she was standing there and then the other guy who got hit was standing behind her gotcha. the shot okay. And it went off accidentally. Apparently, was it a revolver or an automatic? What it was, was a it? revolver? I oh, don't. It's pistol. a cowboy movie. Yeah. yeah, so I don't know. 
Because uh, it was, what was it, Brandon Lee? Was he the one that was killed? Yeah, yes. same thing, same thing. Yeah. It had a real real bullet in it and stuff. Oh. What the hell are they doing I with no live idea. ammo on a no set? I, we don't there, know. I did read a couple stories about that where it's not uncommon for that to happen, that they use it because it provides more realism, apparently, is the way they described it, instead yeah. of using computers to do it. Although a lot of directors in the interviews I saw said everybody should now switch two computers doing it and forget about no matter what it looks like or feels hmm. like. But I, I don't get it either. I don't know why you'd, why you'd need but that. But these blank rounds, I'm assuming, are just sealed off. It's just gunpowder in a cartridge, and it's sealed off with no, um, with, with no you know, lead. That I, no, I, don't, no I don't know enough about it, yeah, really, to, to speak. Because we, we used to use them in uh, dog training guns, and they were just basically dummy rounds, but they were still potentially very dangerous. Well, I mean, because it was a dog. No, you shoot. <laughs> it's a it's a handheld. Go, Fauci? Hurry up, go. <laughs> it's a handheld device. You put a dummy with a hole on it on a rod, Joe. Look at the camera. Look at the monitor. Yeah. Huh? So you're holding this this handle thing. You pull back a rod, kind of like a pinball machine. You let go. It fires off this round, then that shoots that dummy up in the air. Okay. It's a dummy gun. It's a, for yeah. training dogs. So, so, so dog they get used. The hunt. Yeah. So they get used to the sound of gun uh, and retrieving and all of that. I see. Well, and that's my experience with dummy rounds. All right. Mm. Well, this also happened to a fellow by the name of John Hexum. Remember him, a TV actor. Uh, his had a blank in it, and he put it to his head, joking around. Yeah. Oh, trigger! Oh my God! It, that was 1980. I thought that the blank kill him. The blank killed him. Yeah, yeah but you he had can get hurt by a right blank. Here's, I yeah. thought that Here's, was Freddie Prince for real. Didn't no, he? he he committed no, that suicide. Was a, that was oh. on purpose. Oh, on purpose. Yeah. Here's the ru- number one rule about all firearms: unless it's disassembled in many different pieces. You treat every single firearm like it's loaded, right. even when you know it's not loaded. Yeah. Always yeah. treat that's every single firearm. That's the first thing you teach fi- in class. Yeah, you're right. and, and that's the first thing you should think of when you see one and you're about to pick it up. Even though I know, and I just checked, I just racked the slide, I just cracked it, I just did whatever. I see it's empty, it's not loaded. You still treat it like it's loaded. And that's why yeah. you never point it at anyone. Right, yeah. ever. When you're and, racking the slide, make sure you're looking for bullets. You know? <laughs> I'm going to move on now. I wish you uh, would, John. <laughs> in one of the uh, few... Yeah, take that to the bank, bro. Uh, one of the few bipartisan efforts in recent years in Congress, the Minnesota congressional oh, delegation sh- today is introducing oh. a resolution to posthumously award the congressional gold medal to Prince citing his indelible mark on Minnesota and American culture. The medal is one of the nation's highest civilian honors. Past recipients include George Washington, the Wright brothers, Rosa Parks, Mother Teresa, the Navajo Code Talkers, the Tuskegee Airmen, and the Dalai Lama. Uh, Prince, of course, died back in 2016 of an accidental uh, accidental fentanyl overdose at the age of 57. The resolution for Prince is led by Amy Klobuchar and U.S. Representative Ilhan Omar. The full Minnesota delegation serves as original co-sponsors, including Senator Tina Smith and Reps Jim Hagedorn, Angie Craig, Dean Phillips, Betty McCollum, Tom Emmer, Michelle Fishbach, Pete Stauber, and Omar. Nothing against the guy. He could play some guitar, but I'm not placing him in that company. That's ridiculous. 
Legislation notes that Prince is widely regarded as one of the greatest musicians of his generation. It adds he's a member of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, sold 150 million records. Under the rules, congressional gold medals require the support of at least two-thirds of the members of both the Senate and House of Representatives before they can be signed into law by the president. The Prince legislation being introduced in the House... And don't they the have Senate. anything to do? Well, Come that's on. what I that's what I always oh. think when I see these stories. I, God, I matters, no, we got perhaps, it all like solved, that. Joe. We're good. Yeah. Uh, speaking well, of that, I love the guy. He was a hell of a performer. But so what? Uh, so was so the crusher. I mean, <laughs> what? <laughs> and he could sing too. Wow. Yeah. That explains a Dr. lot about your music, uh, your music taste, Joe. Yeah. What you just said there. <laughs> Wow. Sorry, that was a cheap shot. Yeah. No, no, no I no, wasn't referring wasn't. to the crusher in a musical sense. No, I, I, I know you. <laughs> Congressional Medal of Honor winner. Are you tired of your old TV? <laughs> Throw it away. Coon Throw Rapids it away. TV. That was Coon Rapids TV Repair Service. Did Throw you guys it. remind me? Didn't oh, you guys do God. an entire show the day he died? Yes. Well, yeah. we did a segment that became. He had Rapids. a whole show planned. We did the entire show on that, and then the next day, I think the next day was a. It must have been a Thursday because we did the entire next show. And people were calling with these great stories, and Joe's like, I didn't plan on like this. That? You were something similar to that. <laughs> and that, we just kept going. That's yeah. the difference between a podcast and a radio show, because yeah. the calls definitely uh, yeah. made those uh, two shows. wonderful stories about yeah. him. Just wonderful. Oh, yeah. Worked at my old man Sloon. The Sloon. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm going to read the news like that, okay? Yeah. yeah, yeah maybe, maybe. throat's going to hurt. Not. Pivotal Democratic Senator Joe Manchin appears to be on board with White House proposals for new taxes on billionaires Don't and certain up, corporations Joe. to help pay for President Biden's scaled-back social services and climate change program. The president said Monday morning he felt very positive about reaching agreement on the domestic policy bill, aiming for votes in Congress as soon as this week, although that is far from certain. Democrats are working to try to wrap up talks, scaling back what had been that a sweeping $3.5 trillion plan. It would now be a $1.75 trillion package. Uh, that's within the range that could still climb considerably higher, according to people who uh, are insisting on anonymity to discuss uh, the private talks between Manchin and Biden. They met over the weekend. 19 high temperature records for the month of October in this neck of the woods. 19 were set before 1955. Wouldn't you think... Mm. With the hysteria and the warnings that we don't have much time left, that there would be an avalanche of warm records in recent years. You would think. No, there is Not happening. There isn't. President Biden's approval ratings have sunk into the low to mid-40s, putting him into somewhat lonely historical company. In the era of modern polling, only Donald Trump had a lower approval rating at this early stage of his presidential term. According to the polls, President Biden's handling of the coronavirus continues to be the only relative political bright spot. Polls show that most voters approve of his requirements that employees of large companies get a vaccine or take a test. His ratings on the virus have declined, though, since the summer as the Delta variant dashed hopes of 
a quick end to the pandemic. The folks who follow this sort of thing say it's too early to see what the numbers mean as far as the 2024 election is concerned. They say especially if the pandemic fades, the economy grows, normalcy returns, pointing out that many presidents, including Ronald Reagan, Harry Truman, Bill Clinton, and Barack Obama, had ratings sink as low as Biden's, but then it ultimately recovered to win re-election. Can I bring up something that you two discussed off the air? You two, John and Joe, you two are so on board with this uh, vaccine uh, fine-tuning extra shot thing. Fine-tuning. The booster. Whole genre. Like they're giving away (laughs) cocaine and uh, these things. Uh, and, and you're already signed yes. up, and, yes, and you can't that, wait to get your booster. And I think I'm being misrepresented. I, I have, well, you know, I have my concerns and my yeah, doubts. Yeah, he's Joe expressed reservations. Yeah, I don't know what you're talking about, Kenny. I'm not. But you're, not you said you're, you're, you already have the appointment made. I do. It doesn't mean I'm. I don't know. I, I I'm being. Uh, I feel a lot of pressure. Uh, in my inner circle to get the booster. Okay, that's because w- one or more in your inner circle works in the medical field. Same with you, Reavers. Uh, your uh, lovely bride, medical mm-hmm. field. Yep. <laughs> Does she have doubts and concerns? What's a guy? What's a country? Probably should kid? leave her out of this. Yeah, I would. What's, I would prefer. Let's that. leave her out of this. Yep. What's a country kid to do here who doesn't believe in? Honestly, the government? from the information I have gathered with people that work in the industry, mm-hmm. the, the 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 common response has always been, "Do what makes you feel comfortable." Mm-hmm. Ser- seriously, yeah, if, 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 if getting the vaccine is going to make you feel better, then absolutely do it. If you have concerns, then think about it. Yeah. But seriously, that's been the common theme I, or response I've gotten from a lot of people. Oh, the, 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 I shouldn't have brought this up on the air. John, uh, what kind of research did you do? Why are you so comfortable with well, this? Well, I, I got the Pfizer. Uh, did you see the study last week? The booster of the Pfizer, 96% efficacy rate. Efficacy. After you get the booster, ninety-six percent, and it's it's probably they think it's probably down to sixty right now after the second. For how Pfizer. long? Uh, we don't know. That that's I have no idea. Why? Not to compare it, but why do we have to get a flu shot every year? Is that what this is going to become? Where we just have to get a COVID? Why did you throw this roadblock into the show? This is uh, I got a uh, lot because of you talked about you talked about Biden and how he. You're a speed bump. That's Joe's role. I'm, I'm supposed to be the speed bump. <laughs> Joe's the speed bump. <laughs> well, I'm just trying to figure out what to do and why why you two are so well, aboard. I'm, the wrong, guy. I'm the, the wrong guy to advise you. I Rook, what are you going to do? You've got the least effective. You've got the Johnson deal. Thank you. you know. I know. I've been told. <laughs> um, and I'm proud of it, too, by the way. Uh, I'm, I'm a vaccination guy. Just get your shot. Get your shot so I should and, do it. and be done with it, yeah. It, it may not keep you from getting it. And I, we don't even know. My wife and I have been talking about this. We don't even know for sure 100% that this is effective. I know what your line is then regarding this, not to put words in your mouth. Go. Cheap insurance. It's cheap insurance. I, I, and why, I, should, why should a guy like me who, you know, the 90s, uh, my 20s, yeah. be concerned about something like this, right? You... This shot is probably going to keep you from potentially dying if you have that chemical makeup. Most of us, I think, have had it already. I do, too. Prior to us knowing about it. Mm -hmm. I know my wife did. 
I know my wife did in November. I don't think I did. When it all hit in, you know, f- March or whatever. She Kenny, said, I, I had that had four it. months ago. I think Kenny had it. Kenny probably still has it in I this was little in a, hole. <laughs> I was in a bad way there for a while, wasn't I? But I, I, I yeah. really, I think, though, that it will help you if you have that makeup where you would have to go in the hospital like that guy on Broadway. That's you know what? I think you're, you're right. I shouldn't. I shouldn't be. There's a good chance I could die of other things before I even get oh the booster. Oh my God! Your you know what I mean? Liver. Yeah. I mean that's just, just ready to go. <laughs> all right. Sorry about the speed bump, all fellas. Right. It's all right. Moving. Uh, on. It was rolling nice to get off a of Joe's a serious topic for a little bit anyway. Yeah. You know what? I got a bunch of serious stories. I'm going to skip them. Oh, okay. Some fun back stuff. On. How about that? Fun for right that yep. one. That's a horrible story. A musician's death. We have, by the way. Uh, I don't think we can call him obscure if you know anything about '60s music. Jay Black whose majestic voice on songs like Cara Mia and Only in America made Jay and the Americans a potent force in pop music in the 1960s, died at his home in Queens. He was 82 years old. His son, Jason Blatt, said the cause was pneumonia that led to cardiac arrest. He also had dementia, according to the Mm. family. Jay and the Americans began to thrive before the arrival of the Beatles in the U.S. in 1964. With Black as their lead singer, the group's first major hit was Only in America, peaked at number 25. Only in America. Living in not, not really how it goes, but that's okay. That was followed the next nope. year by Come Come a Little Bit Closer, which rose to number three. Uh, 1965, their version of Some Enchanted Evening from the musical South Pacific peaked at number 13. His voice sustained him as a solo oldies act long after Jane the Americans broke up. Uh, the band also had one other important part of music history that's uh, very important to folks like me. Hmm. Back in the late 1960s, 1969 to be exact, Jay hired two musicians as part of his backup band. I know. Those those musicians also ended up as arrangers for the band. They were Steely Steely and Dan. Donald Fagan and Walter Becker. They were Jay and the Americans. uh, I'm just pointing at the camera. You don't have to look. Steely Dan. Yes, they would form Steely Dan. Jay Black was the replacement singer for that band, though. One thing you left out yeah, there. Yeah, they, they had he another singer yeah, before he that. He was not the original singer. They needed a guy named Jay. But he, yeah, and he, he had the pipes, though. Jay had the uh, Potent pipes. force in America? I don't think I'd go that far. Well, if you have more than one top ten hit, I believe you are a potent Currently force residing in the Where Are, are They Now file. Um, uh, just a side note for Steely Dan, uh, drives every member of my entire family crazy when I say, let's listen to the Dan. They, the Dan. It drives the them Dan. absolutely nuts. So I always tell them, hey, Google, play the Dan, and it won't. Well, well, so I say I it two more say, times. Yeah. No, I say it two or three more times, and they that's why they can't well, stand it. Rook, how ironic, because now that's what they are when they go out on tour. They're certainly not Steely Dan. They're no, they are Steely Dan. They're still the Dan. Steely Dan. They're the, the Dan. You know, uh, Dan. one of the ideas I thought of, uh, <laughs> based on their longevity in the music industry, yes. was last night at the Stones concert. We used to play a bit on the ride with Roycey, Things that Roycey is older than, yeah, and I think the Stones should have done that. Yeah, things that are older than the Rolling Stones, <laughs> and just had a long like scroll on their screen at the concert, just as a, as a constant roll. Yes. Okay, yeah, like See, the made, typewriter. Uh, yeah, right. I, I, I made my call uh, to EcoFun Motorsports you in on Forest Lake and booked my winter storage and service. You hooked me up, so they're uh, uh, they do those in November. So my uh, scooter will be my yeah. Yamaha will be leaving you now. the house in November and going out to Eco. Fun Motorsports in Forest Lake for winter heated storage and a uh, spring service tune-up. 
That's 240 bucks. I think it's a great deal because it includes the full spring tune-up and winterization. And you have this week remaining to take advantage of the uh, EcoFund Motorsports reverse supply chain problems, which are uh, benefiting you, the consumer, because Tim Bloom is extending the 10% off sale on Vintelli electric bikes for GLers until the end of October. Uh, scooters that turn urban errands into an adventure, and uh, hey, get one of those. I was just I in do Grant, have one. I was just in Grant getting <laughs> a pumpkins from a a garage logician that sells pumpkins. Downing is uh, right in Highland, pal. I know, but this gal I've yeah. been I've been going to for years. You go see Downing, I go see this GCI These guys gal. Have pumpkin. Guys. I got a people. I got people. I got and I went guy. over the trail. Yeah. What a great ride that would be yeah. on an e-bike. Yeah, it's wonderful. It's all there at EcoFun Motorsports in downtown Forest Lake on Highway 61. 61. You cannot stop him. He'll just make a move. Joe Suchere. Actually, no, Chris, I'm not ready. Uh, I just realized... Since last we were live, it would be last Wednesday, mm-hmm. I haven't used seafoam once. That's Not sacrilegious once. in your world, Kenny. I think it's because I use seafoam all the time, and there's nothing really requiring seafoam. You know what? Another thing I have to admit, I've never used seafoam transtune. I know it's useful in most types of automatic transmissions, hydraulics, power steering systems, and... I know it's the first thing mechanics recommend when you go in and go, yeah, I think my tranny's going out. They go, well, throw in a couple of cans of this stuff. I've never been in that position, but uh, I actually do have some on the shelf at home. So if if a tranny situation comes up in the old uh, Olsen household, uh, I, I know I'm ready. Deep creep. Oh, boy, I use a lot of deep creep. I use that almost daily. I'm a little surprised I haven't used it in the last uh, few days. The high-mileage motor treatment, that goes into the GMC Sierra and whatever that crap can uh, thing my wife drives. Uh, that goes into that quite a bit. Keeps those injectors happy. And it doesn't have to be gas. It could be diesel. And it certainly doesn't have to be a V8. It can be a small little thing. Uh, the regular motor treatment's wonderful on everything, as is Seafoam Marine Pro works in all sizes of two-stroke and four-stroke motors. I guess the the reason for me talking here is just to tell you that Seafoam is a wonderful, wonderful product in a world of bad gas. All right, it's time for a Roycey joke. Should I all read right. the, is this? <laughs> is this the joke? Uh, yes, I believe so. I didn't take my husband's name when I got married. I figured it'd be very confusing if we were both called Keith. Well, I'm at the, the. Sorry, that's the joke. Yeah, all right. That's the joke. I'll, yeah. I'll repeat it. I didn't take my husband's name when I got married. I figured it'd be very confusing if we were both called Keith. All right. Here's how Patrick would tell that. So uh, Keith runs up to the <laughs> Keith runs up to the uh, the law guy, the marriage guy, and he says, uh, "Hey, my uh, my wife Anne doesn't want to take my uh, my name," and the. Wait a minute. The bar, the, the the guy says, "Where does she want to take it? To my house because I am Keith." <laughs> and Keith? She is not Keith, but she wants to take my name, Keith. What's his first name? Keith. <laughs> oh well, what's his last name? I don't know. I didn't. I not didn't part of the, the not joke. part of the notes. Well, I thought it was Keith. I not thought the last the name was. I don't Keith. have the Patrick voice today. Because of the cold. 
I'm not giving up on this bit. This didn't I thought work, that's but a I'm pretty good joke. I thought that's a pretty good joke. It's not a good joke. Where'd yeah, you it get is. this? And uh, jokes.com, confusingjokes.com. Oh, you didn't just come with that one up the top here. I'm no, not I was, sure. I'm not I, sure it's even a joke. Is it? It's not a joke. It's sure not a joke. Can I? Uh, the lady says. The wife says. Yeah. I didn't take my uh, name because I'm not Keith. Mm-hmm. Well, I, that's, I think that's a funny joke just in itself, guys. The problem is there's too much pre-production around this. <laughs> the way to do this is yeah, either me, either me or Reavers sending Rook a text going, Here's "Call in, call no, call in as Roycey, tell a joke." That's all we need to do. Yep. And then he calls, and and Rook has no bleeping idea what's going on, and he knocks it out of the park. That's the way to do it. May I? I'm looking uh, for other ones. Before you let us know about this day in history. Yeah. John, John, meanwhile, is twiddling his keys. Yeah, John, can't wait yeah, to, yeah, can't wait to get out of here. You, you can cut this part out, Chris, right? Yeah, I'm probably yeah. going to cut this one out. Yeah, let's maybe try back next week. So this past Saturday, uh, we celebrated the life of my grandmother. Grams. Uh, uh, funeral uh, at Hazelwood Catholic Church down there in Webster, Minnesota. Nice. Oh, she, she finally departed, huh? Yep, yep. It was a, it was okay. a long battle, but she's a, she was a tough old gal. Yeah. 90 years old, had a great life. Right. So good. Uh, good. Before the service began, my mother mother myself and my cousin were all going to you know speak at the at the service yeah so we met the we met the uh we met the priest and my mom introduces herself to her and he and she says and this is my son chris he shakes my hand and guess what he says to me uh, father what? uh father doug uh ebert tell him the rook sent you nope he said hold up Wait, 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 wait a minute. minute. Something, Something ain't right. right. Daily listener. So <laughs> nice. thank you very much. Oh, Father, a lot of so it was really awful. cool. It was really cool. S- sensitive question, and sure. you might not want to reveal this, but does the uh, Reavers family do they do they pregame a funeral? When they know it's going to be a celebration of life. Funny you bring that up. Um, it was discussed uh, between my brothers, myself, and my cousins uh, about how we would uh, get to the church. Uh, on Saturday, because so. it, it starts at the wake, right? <laughs> the day before at the wake, and then you just kind of roll into. Because yeah, I've been day. involved a few situations where it's absolutely a celebration of life, uh, and it's kind of a relief because they were in pain and suffering. Yep. Where the pre-gaming, you know, it starts a day early and goes on a, a few days afterwards. Yeah, with my mom's, there was a full bar. I remember that. Yeah, you, you, kinda, you can get a Manhattan. You're old fashioned. Old fashioned. Old fashioned that, In yeah. fact, my brother was, had, was there a bowl of Viceroy's? Oh, yeah. <laughs> bowl of we were uh, we were. Can you answer your question? We were out in the parking lot, and my mom walked out and saw us, and just shook her head. And my brother says. Mom, I'm grieving. Okay. Yeah. This is dark. you can't tell a person how to grieve. Yeah. Right. Only because they come to us all the way from Marloth Park in Mumpumalanga, South Africa, from the Traveling Limans. Mm-hmm. It was on this day in 1941. This day today, novelist Ann Tyler was born in Minneapolis. And boy, if you haven't read Ann Tyler, add her to your list. She would uh, publish many popular books, including The Accidental Tourist and Breathing Lessons, for which she would be awarded a Pulitzer Prize in 1989. I recommend Dinner at the Homesick Restaurant, Celestial Navigation. I recommend anything she's written. What would she be now, about 80 then? Uh, 1941? Uh, yeah, 80. She was a twin. 80. Was she? Yeah. Ann Tyler? Uh, Mary Tyler Moore's twin. Oh my God! Of course, she got married and took the Moor's name. 
And, and Tyler. Yeah, 80 years old. More. 80 years old. On this day in 1987, what happened? She was, well, the Twins won the World Series. They won the World Series on this day. They beat the St. Louis Cardinals 4 to 2, winning Guy the Eddie Series 4 to 3. And we'll see you tomorrow night. And no, it was on this was day in 02, oh, the what? Senator Paul Wellstone died in that plane oh, crash yeah. up in Hibbing. Yeah. What year? That was 02? Yeah. Wow. With his wife and daughter. Boy, the antics that took place as a result of his death. There was so much. Yeah. Are they, that, uh, remember that funeral? Well, the well, U of Jesse M, walked out, U of right? M memorial turned into a political rally. And, yeah. And yeah. But then the twist, Norm Cole, I mean, that was a whole, yeah. wow. And Norm Coleman when, uh, was the uh, kind of a caretaker or shower around guy yeah. for Barack Obama when he was in his freshman uh, senator year. And a final note from... Uh, Doug Heilman from Sioux Falls, South Dakota. I just finished listening to last Monday's podcast regarding the removal of the Thomas Jefferson statue from the New York City Council Chambers. Contrarily, the Sioux Falls School District opened its fourth and newest high school this fall and named it after Thomas Jefferson. The school joins three other Sioux Falls high schools aptly named Lincoln, Washington, and Roosevelt. Aren't those the four? Those are the four on the uh, uh, Mount Rushmore, aren't they? Here, here. Yep. So, yeah. Very Teddy understandable. <laughs> Keep pushing back Doug from Sioux Falls. All right. Thank you, GLers. Yeah. Thank you. Much thanks. Much thanks. <laughs> it felt it had the feel of a Friday show today, I think. Well, every show on a Monday feels like a Friday. Yeah, I mean, the way it's, it's supposed right, to be. Right. It's serious. There were some serious parts. There were some fun parts. <laughs> if you want to go and check out some other parts, you go to Podman on your smartphone or Podman.com on your computer. And you can poke around and find something that will thrill you and entertain you also please be entertained by the garage logic youtube page you need to subscribe to that in order to see some of the content so go to youtube find garage logic and subscribe as well as the garage logic facebook page has taken off also on twitter also on instagram mm-hmm. there's all sorts of stuff going on check it all out am i forgetting anything youtube did you mention youtube only twice okay. thanks for listening <laughs> Got you, Brad. appreciate your cha cha yeah.